Hello, and welcome to Between the Stacks, a podcast created and produced by the Oda Public Library. I'm Emily Lenore. Hi, I'm Krista Mapes. Hi, everyone. I'm Gillian Larson. On this episode of Between the Stacks, Pride Month, plus our segments Section Spotlight and Ask a Librarian. But first, some announcements. We'd love to hear about what you're reading, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Fill out the Google form to submit a book review, which is linked in the description of this episode. We'll post reviews on our bulletin board at Odell and may even feature a review or two in a future Between the Stacks episode, with your permission, of course. Odell Public Library has Nyabi Zoo and Putnam Museum passes available for checkout. Please note that you may need to call and reserve a time to visit per the organization's pandemic guidelines. The library is now open without needing to make an appointment. Just stop by during our open hours. We are continuing to offer curbside services on Wednesdays from 5 to 7 p.m. Morrison Citywide Garage Sales are June 11th and 12th. If you'd like more information on this, go to the cityone.com website and you'll find more information. This week, we have the latest book order to share with you all. Krista, would you like to share a few releases coming to Odell this month? Sure thing. So I would first like to apologize for anyone who has requested a May book and has not received it yet. Our book order has not come in for the month of May yet. It might possibly come in here soon, but it hasn't yet. So I apologize greatly for that. But here we go. Some books that you guys might enjoy. The first one is by John Green. Yes! We love John Green in this house. The... Anthropocene Reviewed. Our next book is by Bill O'Reilly, Killing the Mob, The Fight Against Organized Crime in America. Cool. Then we have a book by Mary-Kate Andrews, Terry Blackstock, Dale Brown, W. Bruce Cameron's books are related to dogs. Then we also have The Most Beautiful Girl in Cuba by Chanel Cleeton. And this one is a historical fiction one. And I have a little description here for you guys because I thought it sounded really cool. Also, it's named one of 2021's most anticipated historical novels and best beach reads by Entertainment Weekly. Ooh. A feud rages in Gilded Age New York City between newspaper tycoons William Randolph Hearst and Joseph Pulitzer when Grace Harrington lands a job at Hearst's newspaper in 1896 she's caught in a cutthroat world where one scoop can make or break your career and it's a story emerging from Cuba that changes her life unjustly imprisoned in a notorious Havana women's jail 18-year-old Evangelina Cisneros dreams of a Cuba free from Spanish oppression. When Hearst learns her plight and splashes her image on the front page of his paper proclaiming her the most beautiful girl in Cuba, she becomes a rallying cry for American intervention in the battle for Cuban independence. So, yeah. Ooh. Sounded pretty interesting to me. That's interesting. So then we also have Alexander McCall Smith. He's got a book coming out. We've got Fern Michaels. She's written a book called Hidden. James Patterson has one <laughs> call, coming out called 21st Birthday. 
That's the 21st book in the Women's Murder Club series. The, the 21st the book? The 21st book in the Women's Murder Club series. I wonder what 21st birthday has to deal with that. Amanda Quick is coming out with a new book. Nora Roberts and Nancy Thayer. We've also got three new young adult books that are coming out. Victoria Veyard is coming out with a new one. <laughs> yeah. What? Yeah. What is she writing? What? Who? Realm Breaker. <gasps> oh, God. I think I saw that yesterday. There's also a new book coming out called Pumpkin by Julie Murphy. Yeah, it's a part of the Dumplin' series. Yeah, yeah and Dumplin' was made into a Netflix movie. It was. Jennifer so. Aniston is in it. Yeah. And then there was one junior fiction book that I really thought you guys might like to hear about. It's called The Shape of Thunder by Jasmine Warga. And... I read the description for it, and I thought it could be a very moving book. So just one moment. Okay. So this is also a Newbery Honor award-winning author. Yes. Newbery Honor. So the description of The Shape of Thunder is, Cora hasn't spoken to her best friend Quinn in a year. Despite living next door to each other, they exist in separate worlds of grief. Cora is still grappling with the death of her beloved sister in a school shooting, and Quinn is carrying the guilt of what her brother did. On the day of Cora's 12th birthday, Quinn leaves a box on her doorstep with a note. She has decided that the only way to fix things is to go back in time to the moment before her brother changed all their lives forever and stop him. In spite of herself, Cora wants to believe, and so the two former friends begin working together to open a wormhole in the fabric of the universe. But as they attempt to unravel the mysteries of time travel to save their siblings, they learn that the magic of their friendship may actually be the key to saving themselves. Whoa. What age group is that? This is a junior fiction book. Okay. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be some very moving stuff, but... Like, it sounds amazing. It sounds pretty heavy, but it sounds really, it sounds like it's, it's going to be good. Yeah. But that concludes. Not quite the May order, but cool books that are coming at some point. June is Pride Month, acknowledging the struggles and sacrifices of LGBTQIA plus community members, but also celebrating their accomplishments and triumphs. We have each chosen a few books we enjoyed reading that include members of the LGBTQIA plus community. Our presentation for this community is very important to talk about. We feel that in order to properly educate our youth on what is happening in our world, Odell, as a library, needs to provide fictional stories with representative characters and inclusive concepts. It is extraordinarily important for these groups of individuals to have voices, not just in the news and visual media outlets, but in our storybooks. Literary characters can be just as powerful and impactful to readers as living role models and can provide a friend to those who need one. We want to provide a well-rounded section with books every young adult can relate to and learn from. Libraries are meant to be inclusive to everyone, no matter what shape, color, or orientation. Okay, so I guess I'm going first. So I chose three books. The very first one is entitled Bloom by Kevin Panetta and Savannah Ganicho. This book is a graphic novel that has beautiful artwork. It is about a boy 
Ari, who wants to move to the city with his band, but his dad wants him to stay and help with the family bakery. Hector, who is taking a break from culinary school, recently moved into town and fills the position that Ari posts for the bakery. Hmm. As they spend more time together, a friendship blossoms between them, which may bloom into something more. It's such a good book that deals with real-life situations and focuses more on how the guys become friends than rushing into a relationship. And those who have read Bloom, there's going to be a part two, and it's coming out this fall of 2023. The next book that I have up is What If It's Us by Adam Silvera and Becky Alberte. So this is the book's excerpt. Okay. Author is only in New York for the summer, but if Broadway has taught him anything, it's that the universe can deliver a show-stopping romance when you least expect it. Ben thinks the universe needs to mind its business. If the universe had his back, he wouldn't be on his way to the post office carrying a box of his ex-boyfriend's things. But when Arthur and Ben meet cute at the post office, what exactly does the universe have in store for them? Maybe nothing. After all, they get separated. Maybe everything. After all, they did get reunited. But what if they can't quite nail a first date or a second date? Or a third. What if Arthur tries to tries too hard to make it work, and Ben doesn't try hard enough? What if life really isn't like a Broadway play? What if it is? It's just a really cute book, and it's funny, and it also showcases all the things that people believe when you go on first dates. What do people believe when they go on first dates? That it's going to be perfect, you know? Most people think, like, first dates, it's going to be great. They're going to say the right things. They're going to wear the right thing. Oh, it, like, and it never... Speaking from personal experience, it doesn't... It, it doesn't go that way. It never does. And this <laughs> book just really showcases that. And I, I enjoyed it greatly. Cute. And I'm going to admit something. Hmm. I don't think you guys will expect the ending. Ooh. Like... Okay. My very last book is If I Was Your Girl by Meredith Russo. I will admit I have not finished this book yet. Mm. I checked it out this week, but I've really enjoyed it so far. It's about a girl named Amanda and how she is adjusting to her new school. She has recently moved to a new town to live with her dad, and she is really nervous about her new classmates finding out about her secret because that is the whole reason why she moved. Mm. Amanda used to be named Andrew. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's about a transgender teenager who is trying to figure out her new life while also trying mm-hmm. to figure out how to hide her past slash sort of like how to let people know who she used to be. So, wow. Yeah. Cool. Moving on to my books that I picked out. I also picked out three. Uh, the first one is one that I recently finished. It's called The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller. Here's a little excerpt. So it's about Greece in the age of heroes. Patroclus, an awkward young prince, has been exiled to the court of King Peleus and his perfect son Achilles. By all rights, their paths should never cross. But Achilles takes the shamed prince as his friend, and they grow into young men skilled in the arts of war and medicine. Their bond blossoms into something deeper, despite the displeasure of Achilles' mother, Thetis, cruel sea goddess. But then word comes that Helen of Sparta has been kidnapped. Torn between love and fear for his friend, Patroclus journeys with Achilles to Troy, little knowing that the years that will follow will test everything they hold dear. This book, in my opinion, is gorgeous um 
The love story between Patroclus and Achilles is powerful and beautiful, and I actually cried when I finished it. Just a heads up, there are graphic depictions of violence, as this is a book set during the Trojan War. And that Uh. was a ten-long-year bloody gross battle. Then there are some explicit parts that are more suited for readers 18 and up. Uh, But the story of these two lovers is catastrophically beautiful, and I wish I could read it a million more times. I know you suggested it to me. I I did. Wait. I, so. I begged Krista, I was like, you need to read this. Emily, hmm. cave in, read the book. I will. Okay. Cool. <laughs> going to. We're actually getting it. I, I know that for a fact. I, I asked our boss if we could, if we could, if I could, yes! if I, if I could donate this book or like adopt this book from the library. Yeah. So we, we will be getting The Song of Achilles by Madeline Miller and Circe. My next book is The Color Purple. It's kind of a a contemporary classic at this point. It is a powerful cultural touchstone of modern American literature. The Color Purple depicts the lives of African-American women in early 20th century rural Georgia. Separated as girls, sisters Celie and Nettie sustain their loyalty to and hope in each other across time, distance, and silence. Through a series of letters spanning 20 years, first from Celie to God, then to the sisters to each other, despite the unknown, the novel draws readers into its rich and memorable portrayals of Celie, Nettie, Shug Avery, and Sophia, and their experiences. The Color Purple broke the silence around domestic and sexual abuse, narrating the lives of women through their pain and struggle, companionship and growth, resilience and bravery. Deeply compassionate and beautifully imagined, Alice Walker's epic carries readers on a spirit-affirming journey towards redemption and love. So it, it also explores uh, the main character, Celie's kind of relationship with her own sexuality, in which she does fall in love with a woman. Oh. It's, very, it's a very pretty story. I've been meaning to read it. It's good. It's good. I read it in high school, and I probably should read it again, honestly. The third book I have is actually nonfiction. It's called Before I Have the Words on Being a Transgender Young Adult. At the beginning of his physical transition from female to male, then 17-year-old Skylar Kurgel posted his first video on YouTube. In the months and years that followed, he recorded weekly update videos about the physical and emotional changes he experienced. Skylar's openness and positivity attracted thousands of viewers who followed along as his voice deepened and his body changed shape. Through surgeries and recovery, highs and lows, from high school to college to the real world, Skylar welcomed others on his journey. Before I have the words is the story of what came before the videos and what happened behind the scenes. From early childhood memories to the changes and confusion brought by adolescence, coming of age while struggling to understand his gender. As humorous as it is, heartbreaking, and as informative as it is entertaining, this memoir provides an intimate look at the experience of transitioning from one gender to another. So the first book I have is called The Queriotic Table by Harriet Dyer. And there's a lot of different sections in here. In the first bit, it just goes over some terms and, and like, what all the words mean. <laughs> all the letters. The letters of, of LGBTQIA+. Plus. Yeah. Okay. Yes, the acronym. And then it has a few, like, timelines of kind of, like, a history of, of queerness. Key events is what it's called. And then it also goes through a lot of different people and some of the more famous celebrations and and movies and books and then in the back they have a lot of like just lists of of books and support groups and movies yeah just a lot of really cool information so it's like it's like a dictionary yeah it's kind of like a dictionary in the in the beginning and then 
And also sort of like a reference book. Oh, cool. Yeah, kind of like a reference book. It's kind of like an encyclopedia, I guess. Oh, an encyclopedia of... Okay, cool. An encyclopedia of queerness. Yeah. There is another book, The Queen's English by Chloe O. Davis. It's a dictionary. I started reading through it. Yeah, so that one's more of like an actual like dictionary. And this one here, The Queriotic Table, is kind of like a... More like a reference book and has more information than just what words mean. Cool. And then the next book, which is now popular on TikTok, I guess, <laughs> is They Both Die at the End Woo! by Adam Silvera. I really I really want to read this book. It's, it's everywhere. I yes. have it checked out right now. You should let me borrow it after. Um, sure. Okay. It is from a different library because we apparently don't have it. Which oh, what? is a shame. Yeah, it is a shame. We should probably rectify that too. Yes. But yeah. So I will read a, a description of the book. On September 5th, a little after midnight, Deathcast calls Mateo Torres and Rufus Emetero to give them some bad news. They're going to die today. Mateo and Rufus are total strangers, but for different reasons. They're both looking to make a new friend on their end day. The good news, there's an app for that. It's called The Last Friend, and through it, Rufus and Mateo are about to meet up for one last great adventure, to live a lifetime in a single day. So, in this world, you get a phone call on the day you're going to die, which is a... Like, <laughs> no big deal. That's a whole nother, like, thing. But other than that, it's, like, realistic fiction, I would say, besides the whole, like hey, it's your last day on earth. But I cried reading it at the end. I was just sitting on my couch alone and I finished it and I was crying because it was so beautiful and so good. And it's just a really fantastic book. And I liked it a lot. I can't wait to read this, but I'm also <laughs> dreading to read this. Yeah, you've, I don't you've like got the Song of Achilles and they both die at the end on your read list right now. I'm, I'm kind of worried for so you. <laughs> You're going to have a really bad weekend coming up. Just read it. <laughs> And then the last book is one I just started today. It's called The, the 57 Bus by Dashkla Slater. It's based on a true story. And it's won a couple of awards. The Stonewall Book Award given by the American Library Association. And then the Excellence in Young Adult Nonfiction finalists, also by the American Library Association. If it weren't for the 57 Bus, Sasha and Richard never would have met. Both were high school students in Oakland, California, one of the most diverse cities in the country, but they inhabited different worlds. Sasha lived in the middle-class foothills and attended a small private school. Richard lived in the economically challenged flatlands and attended a large public one. After school each day, the paths overlapped on the bus for a mere eight minutes, but one afternoon, a single reckless act left Sasha severely burned and Richard charged with two hate crimes and facing life imprisonment. The case garnered international attention, thrusting both teenagers into the spotlight. In the 57 bus, author Daska Slater shows that what might have been at first seemed like a simple matter of right and wrong, justice and injustice, victim and criminal, is something more complicated and far more heartbreaking. So Sasha identifies as genderqueer and goes by they, them pronouns. And they were wearing a skirt at the time and Richard lit it on fire on the bus while Sasha was sleeping. And so they could have died, obviously. Yeah. But they lived, which is 
a miracle, but this is the struggle of the queer community is being hated for not looking heterosexual or not looking cisgender. And I, I think it just is a book that kind of shows the, the absolute struggle that community faces. So if any reader or anybody would like to check out any of these books in particular, we can always order them for you, place a hold on them. And last year, I think we've already mentioned this in the podcast before, but we really focused during the height of the pandemic on revamping our young adult section to have more inclusive books. Mm -hmm. So come on in and check those out. We made sure to have a whole bunch of diverse voices on our shelves. So happy Pride Month, everybody. Yeah, there are a lot of good books that we did not cover today on the podcast, but yes. like there are, there are so many books and I wish I could tell you them all, but <laughs> we don't have the, the time to do that. <laughs> We've got a lot of good books, though. Come on in. Yes. We're open. Yeah, we're open. <laughs> Woo! Okay. We came across a list on Goodreads with many more books, including members of the queer community, and we will include that list in the show notes. <laughs> Hey, it's Gillian from Between the Stacks, and I'm here to tell you about a cool feature you might want to take advantage of. Our listeners can send us voice messages on our podcast website. If you have a question for Tech Talk or ask a librarian, have information about something we should cover on the show, or want to send us feedback, send us a voice message at anchor.fm forward slash Between the Stacks, and you may hear yourself in a future episode. So on this week's section spotlight, Junior Books. Emily, would you like to share some statistics about this section? <laughs> sure. So we have 5,813 books in a junior section. I counted. <laughs> did you really? She did the math. I did the I math. I was there. I, I went through, I counted, and did math. and. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So over f- almost, almost 6,000 books yes. in the junior section. For nonfiction, there are 3,710 fiction books there are 1920 and we have 183 graphic novels and that does not include books that are on the new shelf currently okay so since this is the section spotlight we decided to pick our favorite books within the section to talk about so krista what are some of your favorite junior books (laughs) okay so some of my favorite junior books are bridge to terabithia by katherine patterson bud not Buddy by Christopher Paul Curtis and Spill Zone by Scott Westerfeld. So with both Bridge to Terabithia and Bud Not Buddy, I read them in elementary school and they were both great. I really mm. liked them both. Uh, Bridge to Terabithia, it will make you cry. Uh, yeah. So be warned <laughs> about that. But it shows you just how much children can't imagine. And it's it's really moving. I love it. You should read it if you have not read it. Hmm. With Bud Not Buddy, it tells the story of an orphaned African-American boy during the Great Depression and his adventure to find his father. There's also like jazz aspects into oh, that cool. uh, story as well. And it it's fun. Like, it's sort of sad because like Great Depression and orphan, but it, it's good. <laughs> it's really good. Cool. Cool, cool. And then with Spill Zone, it is a graphic novel. Uh, that has two books in the series right now. 
and I actually read them for college. It is a bit of a thriller book because it deals with an event happening in a town causing the majority of the people in town to die. The government now has that town bordered up, but Addison, a girl who used to live in the town, sometimes goes in there to take pictures of the strange things happening there. It's very Ooh, spooky. Interesting. Is it a graphic novel? It's a graphic novel. <gasps> Spookier. So it's it's cool. good. If you haven't read it, read it. Some of my, like when I was a kid, I really liked the American Girl books that are in the junior section. So a couple of my favorite American Girls are Kit in the Great Depression. Felicity was in the American Revolution. Kaya is a Native American during the 1760s. Samantha is during the early 1900s. And Julie was in the 70s. So those are my favorites that I used to read about. But besides American Girl, uh, I liked, obviously, Harry Potter. I also love the Percy Jackson series by Rick Warden. And one of my other favorite books, period, is Tuck Everlasting by Natalie Babbitt. It's about a family who uh, live out in the woods. And they live forever because they drank from a magic stream. And a girl kind of ventures into the woods and comes across this family. And they're like, we can't die but don't drink the water. So it's, it's a story about this girl meeting the family and it's really cool. It's magical. Anyway, moving on. Emily, what are some of your favorite books in the junior section? So the genius files series by Dan Gutman is very cool. It follows twins Coke and Pepsi as they road trip across the United States to go to their relatives wedding in Washington DC. And the twins are being chased by people who like want to kill them. The twins are also geniuses. It's a whole thing. It's very good. In in book one, they end up at House on the Rock in Spring Green, Wisconsin. What? Yes. And Are you for realing me right now? No, yes. Yes, she is for realing you right now. Yeah. They, <laughs> they yes, in book one they end up at House on the Rock and the the villain falls out of the infinity room and they think he's dead. The whole series is really good. And also by Dan Gutman, the Baseball Card Adventure series. I I love historic baseball, like facts and lore and things. And I actually have one of these books signed by the author. His book, Hannes and Me. Hannes Wagner's, one of his baseball cards, it's like the T-206 card. It was given out with Chewing Tobacco for a very short while. It's very rare and it also is set the record for the being the most expensive card ever sold. It sold at auction for like millions and millions of dollars at one point. And so the premise of this series is that the main character, Joe Showstack, can travel through time when he touches a baseball card. Oh. He can travel back to that era. Cool. So like if he touches like a Babe Ruth card, he can travel back to the 40s. So like American Girl. But with time travel. But with baseball cards. Yes. Nice. I like this series a lot. And um, also anything by Rick Riordan, I really like a lot. I really like his Magus Chase series. And also he does a thing called Rick Riordan Presents where it's other authors writing about like their their chosen mythologies. Like there's one, there's like Tristan Strong and there's Arusha. There's different ones where, that he's highlighted like diverse and upcoming authors writing about mythologies that aren't written about a lot and I really like all those books. 
as promised in the past episode, we now have more information to share about this year's Summer Reading Club program. This year's theme is Reading Colors Your World. We have some dates for it. So it runs from June 1st to July 3rd. Uh, Registration has technically closed, but we do accept late registrations. So for week one, we did a stained glass activity. We probably still have a few of those activities left if you'd like to come in and grab one. And then for week two, week two sculptures. Gillian created this fantastic thing for this week. The sculpture contest. We have a sculpture contest. Yeah. You make sculptures out of recycled materials. It's really exciting. Yeah. So stop in stop into the library uh, and find out more information. How Summer Reading Club is working this year, I know last year we had a whole bunch of take-home materials only. This year, we are having take-home materials available. Every week you can come and pick up a little craft and a little little activity packet, but we are having some in-person events and those will be announced later. Hi. Tie-dyeing is on June 22nd. Oh, okay. And if we get rained out, we shall hopefully be doing it June 25th. <laughs> yep. So with COVID, we're still not going to have Summer Reading Club traditionally like it, it used to be every Thursday morning. I think at 10 is when it used to be. But a unique thing about this year's Summer Reading Club also is that you can come and pick up your materials anytime that we are open. It's not only Thursday mornings and Thursday afternoons. So we're trying to be a little bit more flexible for those of you guys who need more time to pick up your stuff. Yeah, and if you don't actually want to come into the library, we are still offering curbside. Uh, You just have to let us know that you're here for summer reading club Mm -hmm. activities, and we will run those out to you. Yep. Reading logs are the same as usual. Each registered member is getting like a little little clipped together. They look like bookmarks where you are keeping track of the days that you read. So you're getting all those at once. So those of you who have those already... Make sure that you don't lose those because those are really important. Our final segment this week is Ask a Librarian. So something I want to know this week is, are there any books that you guys are excited to read that are coming out this summer? Yes, there is one that I found yesterday. For those of you who don't know, I really like The Phantom of the Opera. It's one of my favorite things on this entire whole planet. I love the book. I've read the book multiple times. I have many copies of it. Uh, I love the musical. I'm just crazy for it. And there is actually like people who kind of write spinoffs. And there's one coming out this August. It's called Phantom Heart. It's a young adult novel and it's by Kelly Craig. It's cool. I found it the other week. And it's about a 17-year-old Stephanie R. Mann doesn't believe in ghosts or spirits, despite her six-year-old sister Charlie insisting a masked figure is hiding in her closet. And the rumors at school, Stephanie isn't convinced that her father's latest renovation project, a crumbling Victorian mansion, houses the soul of a monster. So it's kind of like a weird spinoff of Phantom, kind of like a little fan fiction-y book inspired by Phantom, but I'm excited for it. That sounds pretty good, actually. Yeah. yeah. So I don't have any books that I know of that are coming out this summer. Mm-hmm. There probably are a few that I'm going to be like, I want to read this, yeah. but I don't know about them yet. But since uh, school is out now and I have so much more time, <laughs> I have a long list of books that I have been planning on reading. One of them is Song of Achilles. Song of Achilles. Thank you. I kept thinking of Cersei. <laughs> 
No, I'm no. going to read Cersei. You're going to yeah. read Cersei. That's one that but, I'm working on soon. Uh, Song of Achilles. <laughs> and then I also wanted to read the book Gideon the Ninth. <gasps> oh, I read the excerpt of that the other day. Yeah? Oh, it looked really cool. It sounds really cool. And when we got it into the library, I was like, oh, I want to read this. And then I have like a laundry list of to be read books mm-hmm. at home. Cassandra Clare books. Mm-hmm. That Those are some. You and your Cassandra Clare books. Yeah. It, well, I started it in high school and now she's still coming out with new books and I just want to read them. Yeah. So I want to read the se- the sequel to The Children of Blood and Bone. I recently started reading... Uh, a face like glass i forget what the <laughs> author's name is but so far it's bizarre we were talking about this earlier today. it's about it's cheese it's literally <laughs> the, well, the first 75 pages are about cheese so i mean it's right up my alley i love cheese but it's about cheese th- yeah that's what i'm reading right now <laughs> there's one that's coming out in august that i'm really excited for it's called the dead in the dark by courtney gold Ooh. something is wrong in snakebite organ no, 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 this is serious. Called, it's called this is serious. This, this is serious. serious. Sorry. Teenagers are disappearing and some oh, are turning up dead. Also, the weather isn't normal. And all fingers point to TV's most popular ghost hunters who have just come to town. It's Lord- obviously their fault. Logan Ortiz Woodley, daughter of TV's Paris Specters, has never been to Snakebite before. But the moment she and her dads arrive, she starts to get the feeling that there's more than ghosts plaguing this small town. Ashley Barton's boyfriend was the first teen to go missing, and she has felt this, his ghost following her ever since. Although everyone shuns the Ortiz Woodleys, the mysterious Logan may be the only person who can help Ashley get some answers. When Ashley and Logan team up to figure out who or what is haunting Snakebite, their investigation reveals truths about the town, their families, and themselves that neither of them are ready for. As the danger intensifies, they realize that their growing feelings for each other could be a light in the darkness. I just remembered there's going to be a sequel to What If It's Us, and it's coming <gasps> out fall of this year. Yeah. And I did that. So, yeah, that that book I'm looking forward to. A book that I want to read is The Invisible Life of Addie LaRue. <gasps> oh, yes. That's something that I really... Oh, I found one at the bookstore the other day. It's called The Mermaid, the Witch, and the Sea by Maggie Takuta Hall. I'm just going through my list of things okay, I want to read. Okay, we should probably, like, <laughs> we, yeah, stop. Yeah. <laughs> we, anyway, we there's a lot. lot of books we want to read and not enough time to talk about all of them. But come and uh, ask us at the library what we want to read and we'll just we'll just pour out book titles for you. Yeah, <laughs> or just tune into another Between the Stacks. We'll probably go over yeah. a few more books that <laughs> yes. we want to read. <laughs> yeah, so in summary, happy Pride Month. Um, <laughs> if you have a question... For Ask a Librarian, send us an email with the subject line between the stacks at ask.odell.library at Mm gmail.com. That's it for this episode. Tune in on June 21 for the next one. And until then, happy reading! Between the Stacks is hosted and written by Gillian Larson, Krista Mapes, and Emily Lenore. Special thanks to the entire Odell Public Library staff, library board, and friends of Odell. Thanks to all of our wonderful patrons who support the library, and thank you so much for listening to this podcast.